Welcome back to the program, hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. we got a good one coming up today. We are going to be talking with Zach Heilprin next hour about that Badger victory last night. Also, A.J. Dillon, Quadzilla, going to be joining us in the last hour of the program. So is Mike Clements, our uh, green and gold insider, is going to be here. Uh, but now uh, we kind of turn things over to uh, our good buddy Andrew Brandt, who is uh, joining us again on the hotline. Andrew, how you been, buddy? I'm doing well, Bill. Happy winter to you guys. Yeah, you too. Um, and weather looks like it may play a part in some of the games this weekend uh, as well as we got this big giant blob of things going to the west of us and it's going to go down around the country and back up the east coast. So we'll probably see some of that this weekend. But uh, first of all, the coaching carousel in the National Football League. Um, interesting. Cully gets fired and uh, Houston. Obviously, Flores was somewhat surprising down in Miami. Uh, as far as his record goes, now we know that internal things can happen behind the scenes that say, okay, maybe this guy is not going to be the guy that's going to lead us forward. But what's the most desirable right now in your eyes when it comes to uh, a coaching position that's open? Oh, it's hard to know these things. You know, I remember years what was it, three years ago that everyone was talking about, well, the Browns deal is more are more desirable than the Packers. <laughs> I was just laughing. Right. Uh, so I think what people think now is going to be different than what happens later. Obviously, you look at the quarterback situation and all these situations, and where is it going? And teams that fire coaches tend to have unsettled quarterback situations. That's usually what happens. Uh, because if you don't have that position settled, it leads to poor performance, which leads to change. So I'd have, I, you know, you'd look at rosters, and just to give people an inside view, when we interviewed coaches, I was there through two coaching changes with the Packers. A lot of it does come down to general manager and management looking at the coach and saying, how are they going to use our personnel? When we sat with Mike McCarthy or Sean Payton or whoever we interviewed, we just kind of went through the roster. And what do you like? What do you not like? Well, how would you use these players? Uh, so it's interesting. You know, the Packers are a little different than other teams where it's not an owner and you're not whining and dining so much as really getting into the guts of the football team. That's our experience in Green Bay. With the, uh, the, the eyes now because of, I think, the only African-American head coach is Mike Tomlin now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's an issue. We had three last week, black coaches. Now we have one, and obviously that's going to be an issue that people are looking at with eight vacancies. Is there going to be at least one black head coach hired? We're going to see if that comes out of it, and general manager as well. You know, I did a deep dive on my podcast this week, the Business of Sports podcast I host every week. And I had Jim Rooney, who's the son of Dan Rooney, who authored The Rooney Rule, to sort of look on how it's working, you know, how it's been working, where it stands, and is it working, and how do you how do you deal with situations like, for instance, Mark Davis with the Raiders three years ago saying, I want John Gruden, and any other interview is going to be a sham interview, white or black or Hispanic. So there's really tough, you know, tough ways to handle this because owners get set on a certain hire. Um, but, yeah, the world is watching the NFL right now. So what, I guess, for lack of a better term, how do you break through that? How, I mean, I understand, look, you can bring guys in and maybe somebody wows you. Maybe you open your eyes and go, wow, I didn't realize this guy was this intelligent or this guy was this organized or this guy was this motivational. I mean, that's what that's there for. So that's a good thing. 
But in this business, which is so incestuous in the sense of everybody knows everybody, everybody's got their favorite guy. Everybody's got a guy they like, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, I asked these experts about the Rooney Rule. How do you deal with that? And they pointed to the, exactly that situation, Mark Davis, where no one in the world was going to come between him and John Gruden. And frankly, last year in Jacksonville, where no other interview was going to matter because they had their eyes set on Urban Meyer, and we know how that turned out, of course. But right. they said the really the reason, the way to combat that is after the fact, to have sanctions against the Raiders or Jaguars or whoever for not complying. Because if teams see sanctions, that's going to get their attention. Now, again, is it fine? Is it low draft picks? Whatever it may be. But that's what we're, you know, that's the only way to get attention of these owners. But again, you know, I remember talking to Bill Polian, and he said that the he found out that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fired a guy named Tony Dungy, and he's like, that's it. My search is over. I want Dungy. And in 10 minutes, he called Dungy and said, what do you want? You're our coach. And in Indianapolis, so again, it can go, that obviously was the situation with the, with the roles of races reversed, but this is what happens. So now you take us through this process because you got a guy like Nathaniel Hackett for the Green Bay Packers. He's got three different teams that are interested in him. And in the old days, like you said, it was flying them out. It was whining and dining them. But in today's day and age with Zoom, do you do it Zoom? Or, I mean, because tell me what it's like for a coach during a bye week when you're getting ready for your next opponent and you're going into the postseason and you've got an offensive coordinator flying to Denver, flying to Jacksonville, flying all over the country, and he's not there in your own backyard. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I don't know how LaFleur is scheduling things this weekend. Maybe you guys do. So maybe they have, quote-unquote, off days to begin with on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's not that big a deal um, because, you know, you want people to get away this weekend. It's, it's <laughs> give them a little bit of break. That's the goal of the bye week. So in that, in that situation, it, you know, you want the focus back. I think it gets tough as you go through the playoffs where these teams are making decisions and cutting the list. Right now, you know, everybody's got a big list. But as they cut the list, and you're, and you, I really feel for teams like the Packers, where they'll have coaches sort of getting to the final four of these teams as the playoffs go on. That's always happened, and I don't know how you prevent that. You can't tell owners, hey, don't really conduct your full search until February. It's just, it just won't happen. It'll never fly. Now they've allowed. Because of Zoom and the pandemic, you have all these interviews going on earlier and earlier. Not a huge lift to go two hours for a Zoom interview. Um, but as it gets further along, that's where I worry. Uh, what I ask you as well, as a, a roster guy, the way things have gone this year, because they give the exemptions, guys can come back off of the IR, as we're seeing now. I got to admit, I, I like the Super Wild Card weekend. I like for guys that, uh, you know, blood, sweat, and all that kind of stuff going through training camp, and then in the season they get injured, but all of a sudden guys are coming back and teams are getting healthier, and the guys that really wanted to strive for a ring now have an opportunity. Do you like the scenario that the NFL is playing with this year with guys coming back off of the IR and the management of the roster and the massage of the roster and such? Yes, I do. And I, 
I said it last year, 2020, this, this sort of, uh, what's the word, this, this flexibility with IR and practice squad, that's the other part of it. Well, you're signing guys on practice squad that are 10-year vets. I mean, we could never do that in my day. Right. We could only sign practice squad guys who never had an NFL game in their background. And now they're signing, you know, they're signing Le'Veon Bell and they're signing uh, Adrian Peterson to practice squads. It's like, wow. And this roster flexibility that came out of COVID, and hopefully one day we're out of COVID, I think will continue. I don't see... I don't see the downside, right? So if you're the NFL, what's the downside? What's the downside of letting guys come back and forth in three weeks and letting older players jump on the practice squad for a couple weeks? Yeah, there really isn't any in my view. So I think it's all good. I think it's it's been fantastic, a lot of energy, and a lot of keeping up with. You know, because it's almost breaking news about every 10, 15 minutes with somebody else coming back, somebody being cleared to play. I mean, it's it's been exciting. Uh, I do got to ask you, and I'm getting a lot of people over on the feed that are saying, hey, with everything Aaron has said and the way he seems content. Go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> and you know it's coming, every interview. I mean, because uh, I, I look at it this way, Andrew, and I'll tell you my scenario, and this is what I tell people, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I've always said, I think from the day I've interviewed Aaron, from the day he and I sat down when we used to do those rookie symposiums and we'd sit with the media, it was just him and I because nobody gave a damn about him because everybody, Brett Favre was still the man, so everybody was interviewing other players. So it was always he wanted to be the best, he wanted to have a legacy, he wanted to win more championships than anybody in Green Bay. I still believe that that's his makeup, even though there's been a lot of things that have been said. What it comes down to is basically money and the ability to keep him with a contract. Has is it up to him to say I will take less money or let's kick the can down the road? Or because to me right now the only way that that he plays here next year is if they can figure it out financially because otherwise he has got a handicap on the team and they just simply cannot afford to keep him. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I think I'll address the bigger issue. I mean, listen. I'm patting myself on the back first because I, I was the only one in really national media that just said, listen, he's back. 2020. I'm sorry, 2021. 2021, right. Aaron is not going anywhere. He's not retiring, and the Packers aren't trading him. So all the drama created by ESPN or whoever else, fine. Just ignore it. Ignore it. Aaron's back. And he was, of course. Now, what I've also said all along is that I saw 2022 as the transfer point, the transfer point from him to love, because we kept Aaron on the bench for three years. I just never. I just think we're in a different age where two years is about the max, where you can keep a first-round quarterback on the bench. And I know everyone's going to say, well, so what? Love sits another year. So what? Well, so what is putting off the plan? Because it's become very clear through all the comments from Murphy and Gutekunst and LaFleur that there really has never been a plan to have Aaron pass 2021. I don't think there has been. Now, will it change? I don't know. I mean, I, I think there are two parts to this. One do we just think because Aaron's serene and happy and content and having a great year and seems to get along better with Gutekunst that all the issues he had with the team are behind us? 
I think that's a simplistic way of looking at it. And then it's the other side. The other side is they traded up for Jordan Love. And I just don't think they intended for three years. I don't think they did. And then if they intended for – if three years is the absolute maximum to keep Love on the bench, then you're going into a lame duck year for Rodgers. Does he want that? So – what you're saying, I think, is that are, are the Packers going to make a commitment to Aaron Rodgers, not just for 2022? And there I see a problem, because then you're basically saying, we just wasted a number one pick. And knowing Brian Gutekunst from the Ted Thompson legacy, you never want to waste a number one pick. Never. Right. And, and I know, I know everyone's saying it in their radio right now, like, but he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's the MVP, but he's playing better than ever, but he likes the team. I know. <laughs> I've been there with Brett Favre. I've been there. It's like, does this organization pivot because of this player playing better than anyone thought two years ago, or does it stick to its plan? You knew behind the walls of 1265 – what you had in Aaron. I, I mean, just from what I was told and, and the people that I talked to at the time and Andrew talking to you, and, and yeah. it seemed like re- you really knew that Rodgers had this in him. Or maybe not to this level of greatness, but you knew that you were comfortable in that transition, correct? I think you just said it. Certainly we never said, okay, here's a future MVP, here's a future right. Hall of Famer, here's the future one of the best quarterbacks ever to live. But we, I've said it on your program and thousands of other times, there was a way about him where like, oh, my God, you know, there's something special right. here. And just the way he carried himself and, the, and his obviously on-field exploits, intelligence off the charts, and what we saw in those two off-seasons where Brett was staying in Mississippi and he ran the team, and you're, I see where this question's going. Have they seen that in love? I have no idea. But they did see it this off-season because Aaron stayed away, and they did see it in Kansas City, and they've seen things in practice. I, I guess my answer is they're not going to know much differently if this lasts another year, absent a horrific injury to Rodgers. So th- they've got to make their decision. Right. <laughs> and I, yeah. I've talked about how hard it was with it, with Aaron and Brett, hearing from Brett, like, I don't want to sit there with my placement every day, and hearing from Aaron's side, am I ever, ever, ever going to play? And I'm sure they're managing the same things. Andrew, it's always great to talk to you, man. I love picking your brain. Always fun. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, and then, exactly. obviously, we'll talk more about coaching hirings and stuff. And in, unless something happens with Aaron, when we get you back on, I won't ask you about Aaron, I promise. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I had some tweets about the newsletter, too. So I do this newsletter every week. Just sign up at andrew-brandt.com, and then I'll be offering some uh, some premium content for people who want a little more education about the business of sports. Too. I just signed up, as a matter of fact, and I can't believe I hadn't signed up until just now, but I just clicked on it, and I just signed up. So and I can't wait to get the newsletters, too. So good stuff. All right, All buddy. Right, uh, enjoy the weekend, the Super Wild Card weekend, and we'll chat again soon, okay? Thanks, Bill. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. There you go. Andrew Brandt, uh, the Business of Sports podcast. 
S-I-M-M-Q-B. You can find him at Andrew Brandt over on Twitter. Uh, and just really good stuff. I love it when he takes us inside. And I've said this all along. I've said this all along. There is something to all of this when it comes down to Aaron Rodgers and the decision. There's something to all of this. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. And, and... The All-Pro team is out. The same 50 voters who vote for the MVP have voted for the All-Pro quarterback. We'll tell you the lineup when we come back. Stay tuned. There's more of the Bill Michael Show right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What did you learn? Anything? Good stuff. Good stuff from uh, from Andrew Brandt. Joined us on the hotline. Um, getting it, and hopefully that answered a lot of your questions. Hopefully that answered a lot of your questions. Um, when, because there's a lot of discussion as to whether or not. Aaron Rodgers will or will not be back. And I get it. Uh, I, I I don't have all the answers in that particular case when it comes to whether or not he will or will not be back. Uh, but I do know, I do know that there is one thing that you can you can take away from all of this. The Packers know, mainly behind closed doors, what they have in Jordan Love. If they feel Jordan has this unbelievable level of talent, the move will be made to let Rodgers go. If they have that belief. Now, if Brian Gutekunst just... Because Andrew said something very poignant. He said, it's not like Brian Gutekunst coming out of the Ted Thompson tree to say they wasted a first-round draft choice. Right? That's what he said. Andrew worked a long time with Ted Thompson. Worked a long time with Ron Wolf. Went through a lot of contracts. Knows what goes on behind closed doors. If Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur put their heads together and they're looking at each other and they're honestly having this epiphic moment and they look at each other and say, look, he just doesn't, he just doesn't have it. like many first-round draft choices that get opportunities, you cannot hang on to a pick because he has a number attached to him and let the team fail because of. Now, I'm not saying he does or doesn't, that he's, that he's good or not, but they know behind closed doors. If they feel that Jordan Love has all of this legitimate ability, has all of this legitimate ability, then it's a no-brainer. Then you make the move. And then you start to grow back up with, with Jordan Love. But if they feel, and this is this, it's kind of like being a jury. If you have reasonable doubt, 
you don't make that move. You don't. You do what you can to salvage that pick. And by that, I mean probably trading him away. You salvage that pick by trading him away, getting something for him in return, and move on and figure it out later down the road. Have a plan later down the road. Whether that's a backup in Kurt Bankert or whomever or another veteran that comes in and backs up Aaron Rodgers just in case, whatever, but you figure that out. But if you hang on to a pick because of the number, well, we traded up and he's a first-round pick. Okay, that's great. You valued him in a first round, but not many other teams did. So look at your evaluation process. Look at what you did. You went against your own rule. When you said, well, you can't fall in love with a player, you did. You fell in love with a player. You knew the controversy was going to be created. You fell in love with the player. So that's when you say, either we fell in love with a guy and we shouldn't have, or he does have it. If he does have it, then that's great. Then you made the right choice. But if you even think for a minute that this is not the guy that's going to lead you into success in the future, you move on. You admit you're failing and move on. Get what you can. Salvage it. You get more respect for admitting you're wrong than holding steadfast to something that you believe in when everybody else knows you're wrong and can see through you. And that's where Gutekinds would have to make, make a decision. And that decision is going to come this offseason. Um, but I, I tell you what, that was that was good stuff. And he's right when it comes to all the different coaching jobs that are out there. Um, you know, what you're looking for is is numerous things. You're looking for, obviously, a good quarterback in a quarterback-driven league. You're looking for money. You're looking for stability in the ownership group. You know, so it's not just about what storied franchise you may want to end up with. It's about the ownership group, the money, the inner working relationships, it's everything behind closed doors that you're going to need to do to be successful in the organization. I, unless, you know, Pittsburgh or Dallas or Green Bay, or New England comes available, I don't think there's – I mean, the Bears have been so far removed from 1985, it's not funny. You know, I mean, the Papa Bear, George Hallis, that's great in lore. You know, that, that's that's fine, okay? There's a, a tremendous history there. Chicago's a big city, big market. But the success of the franchise has been few and far between. So when we say a storied franchise, yeah, you're a cornerstone of the NFL, absolutely. But you're not this overwhelmingly successful franchise. You know, you're just now making strides to own your own stadium, to have your own say, to get out from underneath the, 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 the thumb of the parks department. What they did to Soldier Field was a travesty. It's, it's like everything that the, the organization has done has been to demean it and not build upon its history and not build upon its success. And therefore, they haven't had the success. They've tried, but they just haven't had the success. You've got to turn it around. And if somebody wants to take on that job, somebody will, and say that it's the storied franchise, well, that's fine. But it doesn't mean a hill of beans in today's day and age. Because Jacksonville's got money. they got a quarterback. They've also got the ability to go out and get additional free agents. And you're probably going to have the free hand of the ownership group. See what you can do in Jacksonville. Minnesota's got a lot of opportunity. Denver is a quarterback away from being really a, a really solid team in the AFC. 
So there's franchises that are far and away ahead of you at this point. 877-867-1670. Jeff said, best two interviews I've heard on, on your show, Andrew today and Nathaniel yesterday. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Um, let's do this. When we come back, I'll tell you what the all-pro team is. The 50 voters who vote for the all-pros are the same voters who are going to be voting for the MVP. And I'll tell you how the votes came down. You'll be a little surprised. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. The Bill Michael Show continues on this Friday. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors in Wisconsin. Don't forget it, Pella. they got top ten reasons. Top ten. Ten, mind you. Why you should be uh, going with Pella. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, fantastic. Number ten, they do it year-round. They install year-round. You don't have to wait for spring or anything like that. Number nine, every Pella of Wisconsin installer, they are certified. Complete satisfaction is what you're going to get. Yeah. Number eight, Pella, Wisconsin. They uh, they complete installations in as little as a day. And they do it a room at a time, so your whole house isn't going to be freezing cold in the wintertime. Now, seven through five, think about it this way. The National Survey, Pella's number one for highest value, highest quality, most preferred by homeowners. There you have it. Number four and number three, that's because they have six lines, that can fit, six lines, hardware, all that kind of stuff, that can fit your style. Your your budget. That's the best part. And then the financing. The financing right now, five years, no interest. Five months, no first payment. Right now, by the end of the month. Got to get it done by the end of the month. Simple. The offer ends January 31st. So those are all the top ten reasons why you should get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Set up your free, free consultation today. Go to PellaWI.com, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That is 855-PELLA-WI. Now, the 2021 All-Pro roster is out. The Associated Press, selected by a national panel of 50 media members. These are the same people, by the way, that vote for the MVP. Okay? Aaron Rodgers received 34 of the all-pro votes. Tom Brady got the other 16. Think about that for a minute. 34. 16 people chose Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers, but all of them were split between the two. Rodgers wins out being the all-pro quarterback. He gets the nod at quarterback. Running back, Jonathan Taylor out of Indianapolis. That's a no-brainer. Tight end, Mark Andrews from Baltimore. The wide receiver, a unanimous decision was Devontae Adams. Cooper Cup from the Rams, Debo Samuel uh, out of San Francisco. The left tackle, Trent Williams from San Fran. The right tackle, Tristan Wirfs from Tampa Bay. The left guard, uh, Joel Batonio from Cleveland. Zach Martin from Dallas at the right guard. Jason Kelsey from Philadelphia. 
There you go. That's your offense all pro. Uh, your defense, uh, the edge rushers, T.J. Watt, which that's a no-brainer from Pittsburgh. Miles Garrett from Cleveland. Those two guys are animals. Uh, the interior lineman, Aaron Darnold from the Rams. Cam Hayward from Pittsburgh. The linebacker, Darius Leonard from Indianapolis. Micah Parsons from Dallas. Devondre Campbell. When was the last time a, a defender made the all-pro team for the Packers? Devondre Campbell. Uh, cornerbacks, Trayvon Diggs from Dallas. Jalen Ramsey from the Rams. Safeties, Kevin Bayard from Tennessee. Jordan Poyer from uh, Buffalo. The special teams of place kicker was Justin Tucker from Baltimore. Punter, A.J. Cole from Vegas. Kick returner, Braxton Berrios from the Jets. Punt returner, De Devin uh, Duvernay from Baltimore. And it goes on from there. But you get Devontae Adams, all pro, unanimous. Devondre Campbell having a hell of a season, all pro. And then Aaron Rodgers. Why is that important? Well, it's important. Because, like we said, 50 of the voters, 34 voted for Rodgers, 16 voted for Brady. The same guys that are going to be picking the MVP. It is always indicative as to who will win the MVP when you have those votes, those all-pro teams come out. So if it holds true, that means Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP. He had nine more votes to break a tie, so to speak. 25 and 25 would be your tie. He had nine votes more. Or excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, nine, vote, nine votes more. He had 34. So it, it's, it's a big deal because of that. 877 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Sixteen seventy. Uh, ESPN Steve says Ted Thompson would never admit that he made a mistake in the draft. He would uh, let a high draft pick play through his contract, not resign him. Uh, I hope uh, Brian Gutekinds does not follow in that trait and cuts a player loose or trades him if he does not live up to expectations. Ted, who did Ted choose? Well, uh, there was Justin Harrell, who they let him go by the wayside. Uh, but Ted had a couple of draft choices that I gave him credit for that he, after three seasons, he kind of went, nah. Um, and it, they just kind of cut bait with him. But I, but I will agree with you. There was times where, because he was a high draft choice, and Ted was really good at where Gutekinst has been, has been great. And Ted was always good at saying, well, he's an athlete. Dayton Jones, Nick Perry, those guys, he's an athlete. We're going to put a square peg in a round hole. They had no business being edge rushers and such or trying to make them down linemen when they were really an outside stand-up guy, you know, because they're athletic. It was, it was always trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Good against is finding guys that play that position. Maybe you could say Rashad Gary is a little bit of the hybrid because he's, he's the way they want, the way they drafted him versus the way he's played and the way he played in college is a little different, but he's been effective. You could see the you could you could see the vision. But the one thing that they they use interchangeably is offensive linemen. They'll draft tackles that may be a little undersized, but they can play guard as well. They can be versatile. They can play left. They can play right. But they they're gonna they're gonna make sure that that offensive line is always fortified, always fortified. Maybe went a little bit undersized with Tyler Lancaster. Dean Lowry might not have, this year he's living up to the contract, but might not have really deserved all of that, but 
kind of the, the best option at the time, but he's kind of living up to that. But Rashawn Gary, I give him credit because Rashawn Gary, when they drafted him, I thought, oh, boy. This is, you know, for, for what they're getting, they're trying to get this edge rusher, this guy that had one big highlight play. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know if that that's going to be it, you know. And, uh, boy, he's he's really convinced me that he's become a bull rush force. Now, he's not – he doesn't have a great move. He doesn't have that undercut hammer like Reggie did. Or he's not, uh, you know, he's not Julius Peppers with the quick feet and the quick hands and he could just out-muscle you when he needed to. He's not that guy. He's just a guy that's going to bull rush you and stick your ass in the back of the quarterback. You, the, the butt is coming at the quarterback and he can do it. And, and that's – there's something to be said for that. Good leverage, down low. He's been really good. Been really good. Uh, Phil says, I hope Rodgers does win the MVP. That would mean history is against the Packers winning the Super Bowl. You have to go back to 1999 when Kurt Warner won the MVP and the Super Bowl, and uh, only nine uh, in the history. There's been a total of 10 players in history that have won the MVP and gone on to win a Super Bowl. So go worry about the uh, the who wins the MVP, and the rest of the teams will go get the ring. That's from Phil. Phil, what if? Now think about this, Phil. For the first time in history, this is a kind of a blazing of the path. That Rodgers wins the MVP, Lafleur wins Coach of the Year, and they win a Super Bowl. Something that's never been done. Think of that. Maybe they're blazing a path. History would tell you that that's pretty much out of the realm of possibility, but they would be the first team to do it. Maybe that's the kind of season it is in a dominating fashion. 877-867-1670. Hey, speaking of Mojo, good point, Ben. We completely forgot about the Manning cast curse, didn't we? I, I was thinking about it when they lost to Detroit. Rodgers gets the start. They come out. They lose against Detroit. The Manning cast curse is now gone. Put aside whether the game actually helped Rodgers get Devontae the record and helped Rodgers keep his mojo going for the playoffs. Now there's no curse when he goes and plays in the divisional round. Right. It was genius. Think about that. There you go. That's true. And Rodgers started the game. They take credit for the loss. But when he was playing pretty well when he ended up coming out of the game. It was the defense that gave up flea flickers that ultimately cost him the game, and then obviously the inability to uh, to continually move the ball down the field by Jordan Love and the, the stupid throwing it up to anybody to catch it interception late in the ball game. But, yeah, they got that out of the way. Maybe they are just destined at this point. Think about that. Good stuff. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. Next! Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held another outdoor practice during the bye week. Seven players have returned from injuries, including veteran right tackle Billy Turner, linebacker Zadaria Smith, and even outside linebacker Whitney Merciless, who back in November was told his torn bicep was season-ending. Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry. He's been saying since, you know, the night that he got hurt, he's like, I'm, I'm going to be back. I'm coming back. I promise you I'm coming back. 
he's worked his tail off to get to where he's at. And yes, I was I was completely surprised that it was, you know, as early as today. But it was it was great to have him out there. So the players will have the weekend off, but Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett has three job interviews with the Jaguars, Broncos, and Chicago Bears about their head coaching openings. When you're talking to people, it's not as much X's and O's as people would think. It's more just about kind of the person that you are, how you would lead the team, how you would handle the team. And uh, it's been a great experience here because it, how we do it here is, a, is how I want to do it. And uh, so, so it's kind of been a on-the-job training since I got here with Matt. And I asked safety Adrian Amos if he's ever woke up on a Sunday morning during a bye week restless to play in a game. When I wake up, you know, because, you know, usually before a game I wake up in a hotel. So I know how I'm waking up with my son screaming. So I know it's not game day. So um, I think this, this bye, it, you know, it's good for our bodies. It's good for us learning the fundamentals, uh, getting back to fundamentals. We can you can do extra stuff that you don't really get to do. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Glad to have you today. And uh, coming up after the top of the hour, going to talk about that Badger game last night. Zach Heilprin going to be joining us. And we'll talk with Zach about the Badgers' win over Ohio State and then getting more into this team as the, uh, as the season moves forward. Good stuff last night. And uh, then coming up in the last hour of the show, A.J. Dillon, running back for the Green Bay Packers. He's going to be here. He'll join us. Uh, we'll talk with him about it. If you got a question for A.J., get it in. We'll see what uh, what we can ask. We'll try to get a couple of questions from from the gallery, if we, uh, if you will. We'll try to get a couple of those in for you. And also Mike Clemens. He's going to be our closer again today. We'll talk with him uh, about the Packers and the bye week and then obviously getting ready for Super Wild Card Weekend, what to look for. And then it all gets real. Starting beginning uh, starting next week in so many different ways. So we got all that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, Mark says, "Does this mean that Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP because he was voted to the All Pro team?" I, I'm not saying he will, but I'm saying the likelihood of it because of the now there is division in the voters, which we thought. You know, look, Brady's had a hell of a season. There's no denying that Brady is a highly rated quarterback. Uh, for a long time, he was considered to be the MVP, and then Rodgers just gradually just kept playing well and better and better and better and better. And then all of a sudden, it became Aaron Rodgers' team, an Aaron Rodgers award to lose. I think certainly, as Hub Arkish put it, there are some people that feel the way he feels, that Rodgers is a bad guy, Rodgers misled his team or misled the league or whatever. I mean, I don't think he did, but there are some people that took offense to what he had to say, and, and, and Rodgers knew it. But Rodgers' play this year, for him to be voted as the All-Pro, 36 votes to 16 votes for Brady, for him to be voted in that light says a lot about how well he's played this year. You know? It says a lot about how well he's played this year. Just think about that. In the grand scheme of things, all right, in the grand scheme of things, it says a lot to how well Aaron Rodgers has played this season for voters to be saying, you know what, I got to give it to the guy. Because there's probably voters out there going, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give it to the guy. 
but you kind of have to because of how well he's played. Because of what he's done. So that's the reason you kind of look at this and you go, yeah, you know, he it's very, very likely will end up being the MVP because he's exceeded, he's played so well, people had to put their bias aside to say, I, I, I hate it. Maybe it's, uh, I, I'm doing what I despise, but you, you got to give it to the guy because he's played extremely well. So that's the reason I think that Rodgers will indeed get it. That's the reason I think he's going to get the uh, the MVP. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to chime in, go ahead and hit us up. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, some people chiming in over on the uh, the Bud Light live stream. Uh, Roger, simply the best. you got to give it to him. That's coming from Brett. Uh, ESPN Steve says, please ask AJ, AJ what his favorite place in Door County is. We're going there this weekend. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Paul says, what are the predictions for the weekend? My predictions for the weekend. Let's do this real quick. Okay, we went through this last night. Uh, until Cincinnati wins a postseason game, I'm going with the Raiders. I just, I just, as much as I like Joe Burrow and I think he's changed the attitude of that team, I'm going with the Raiders. Uh, the Bills at home, I just don't think they lose. I They were my pick at the beginning of the season. When they lost to New England in that wind game, in Buffalo, I thought, oh, boy, uh, okay, maybe when you saw Buffalo and, and Josh Allen take a few losses inexplicably, I'm like, wow, what the hell? But yeah, I think they're back, and I think they've got a legitimate shot. So I'm taking Buffalo. As much as I want to see Philadelphia get a win, I think Tampa Bay does get the win uh, just because they're getting some of their guys back. Now, we'll wait and see what their defensive front does against this run game, but if there's an upset to be had, I think that might be one of them. The other one, if you want to call it an upset, would be San Francisco beating Dallas. I'm taking San Francisco. I'm taking Tampa Bay to get the win, but I'm taking San Francisco to win in Dallas. I And it kind of goes against what I believe, but Mike McCarthy is just really good at getting his guys ready, motivated, what have you, for postseason games. And I, I'm, I, I know that. We've seen Mike trip up, but more so the defensive front of uh, the San Francisco 49ers and some of the things that Bosa had to say, I think they're just kind of coming in, letting it all hang out, and they're going after him. And if Dak Prescott is not on point and they get him to turn the ball over a couple of times and he's not Dak Prescott that we saw a couple of weeks ago against Washington, but more so Dak Prescott here at the end of the season, Dallas is going to win that game. So I'm taking San Francisco. As much as I would love to see <clears throat> excuse me, Big Ben and a rematch of the Super Bowl with the Packers and the Steelers, uh, there's no way. I think Kansas City gets the win almost going away in that contest. And then the Monday night game, the Rams and the Cardinals. Cardinals uh, coming in as the number five seed. The Rams the number four seed. I think the Rams, with everything they have going, I think th this is Cliff Kingsbury and, and Kyler Murray's, you know, this is when they have some expectations going to the postseason. They're the first dip, toe dip into the postseason. I, it, you got to grow. You got you got to walk before you can run. And I just don't think that that Arizona's ready yet. And I do think uh, that McVay and company they've been there. They've done they've done that. They know what it takes. They picked up Von Miller. They picked up OBJ, and they made the trade for Stafford. 
The only thing that changes the tide in that game is if Stafford starts playing Detroit Lions Matthew Stafford football. Otherwise, I think the Rams win. So, again, I'm going to go with uh, the Raiders on the road, Buffalo at home, uh, Tampa Bay at home, San Francisco on the road, then I'm going to take Kansas City at home, and the Rams at home. That's that's my picks for the weekend. So there you go. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully that satisfies you. And we'll see how it comes out. Good stuff. Hey, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about that win last night. Got to. Badgers get a big win over Ohio State. We'll talk with Zach Heilprin, sports director from The Zone out in Madison. As the uh, We're at the halfway point of the program. Two hours down, two hours yet to go, so hang in there. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up, and it's coming up next.